they stay there And they stay there And they stay there Won't stop now. Whoa. Keep your hands up, get them in the sky for the homies that ain't making them. My folks locked down. Whoa. I never went nowhere. No. What they say in looters back. Yeah. Blame it on that conjure. The hood call it looter yak. You are listening to the PCAS, presented by CDE Light Band. Each week we take you around Austin the Athletics Department, occasionally the OVC, thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thank you to our friends at CDE. Thanks to you, the listeners, who make us worth sponsoring. The new intro was. What do you mean the new intro? That's how we always intro this. What about the your? Every 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 week, every where's week. The, where's the you're listening to? The every PBS? week for over a year. I don't know what In you're the talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. This is you're how. You're listening th- to I the don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. It's this like is a how. Pitch. Patrick Mahomes. This is how we've always done this, and I, it, it's a little insulting that you would you're you would say you're PCAST. listening to the PCAST. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Kruger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin P podcast, according to Horse Taming Weekly. Hmm. It's topical. I, re- I read it. Topical. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Um, so the baseball fallout continues afoot. Um, sign stealing bad. Throwing at players bad. Rob Manfred, not amazing at the commissioner thing. He looks worse every single day. Really stop holding press conferences. He, sh- he should probably never get in front of a microphone again. Just no one's making anything better anytime they gather in front of members of the media and say things. He should hold up his office and pray the owners don't fire him. Oh, well, as long as he keeps ringing in money, the owners are not going to fire him. And he's there to take the slings and arrows of the assembled media, and he's doing his job and compensated as such. It doesn't seem like it's much fun, but fun's what we do, and we don't get paid handsomely for it. Right. Well, you don't. Right. I'm, I do okay. Yeah, I guess. Let's look instead to happier things. Yay. Like beating Murray State in basketball. It's a good week when you Twice. beat Murray. And the Govs did just that to take the OVC lead. For the full 40 minutes of men's basketball, that's probably as good a game as Austin P has played this season. Nice to do it on ESPN. You or members of the selection committee could see it if they so chose. That's uh, We're looking at you, Joe Lenardi. Joe Lenardi is, I mean, okay. Disrespect. We were a 15 coming in to the week. We beat Murray State, and then we beat EKU. And he dropped us to a 16. <laughs> Don't understand what's happening. Would you like to come on the podcast and discuss, Joe? Just as an open invitation for you to come Joe, discuss. that's at CWilson225. You should recognize it because I tweet at you every, every week. Every single day. Come on the podcast and explain it. That you're sleeping on Austin P. Joe. Dummy. Well, that'll get him on here. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. You called him out. Yeah, yeah. You, you call people who are four times smarter than you, dummy, and they're often willing to go engage you in witty repartee. Bring it on, Joe. In front of a national audience, the Govs held the Racers at bay in a back-and-forth game. It's all the lead change hands 14 times, and the Racers get a look at the bucket as time expired. Jordan Adams got back on track with a 20-point outing. Terry Taylor and Eli Abayev controlled the glass, and Evan Henson had a dozen off the bench for the Govs in their first win against Murray under head coach Matt Figger. That makes the February 29th game in Murray even more important as it stands at this moment with three games to play beforehand. The victor would earn the outright league title. 
EKU was not beautiful basketball on Saturday. A lot of points were scored, yes, certainly. But if you awarded the win based on style points, I don't think you can declare a victor. The Cubs allowed EKU to hit 61% from the floor in the second half and won mostly because when the Colonels missed, they almost never got a second chance opportunity. That is as not good of a rebounding team as I've ever seen in Division One. Like, I've seen, you know, Oakland City come in here and have trouble getting rebounds when their center is as tall as our two-guard, but this was different. The Govs held Jamari Brown in check until they didn't. He scored two points in the first half and 16 in the second, but Abayev and Taylor both had double-doubles, and five Govs scored in double figures, including Alec Woodard, who hit a pair of game swinging threes on back-to-back possessions midway through the second half. He was fired up on those, huh? He sure was. It was good to see. Um, Owens basketball, they beat Murray, too. It's a lot of fun to beat Murray State. Uh, the Govs trailed the Racers for the first 32 minutes and 58 seconds of the game. Austin P led for all of 5 minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, early in the game, the offense struggled, but Brandy Furby did not. She finished with a career-high 20, with 14 of those coming in the first half to keep the Govs in it. In the fourth quarter, it was Ariel Gonzalez-Varner and Maggie Knowles leading the charge. Ari scored 12 of her 18 points in the fourth, going 6 of 6 at the free throw line, and Maggie Knowles hit a big pair of three-pointers, each of which gave the Governors the lead before a Maggie Knowles layup gave the Governors the lead for the final time, and they went on to win 69-61 to against Murray State. They outscored the Racers 26-15 to in the fourth quarter. Eastern Kentucky, uh, the Govs decided to lead for a little bit longer in this one. They controlled things from the opening tip. They led by 13 at the break. Built that lead to 19 in the third quarter. Uh, a late EKU charge did not matter, and the Govs won 69-53. to Once again, Brandy Furby scored a team-high 17 points. She hit four triples in the second straight game. Ella Sawyer had 11, and then Maggie Knowles led the team with five steals and six rebounds. Uh, rebounds. What? Oh, that was a fun way for you. Never mind. Go ahead. It's career-high five steals. Um, did not get up to the career-high in rebounds, but season-high. Uh, usually known for three-point shooting, was doing it all over the court on, on Saturday. Two big wins against teams right behind the Govs in the standings. Uh, didn't give up any ground, but it's going to take a couple more wins for the Govs to lock up that postseason spot. On the diamond, the Govs earned a split. The softball Govs, that is, earned a split at the Jaguar Challenge as rain knocked out the final day of play in Mobile. Friday saw Austin P take down Evansville before falling to South Alabama. Four Govs collected multiple hits in Game 1. A 4-2 win against the Purple Haces. Purple Aces. Purple Hazes. Mm. Purple Hazes. Mm, yeah. All right, then. Okay. With Harley Mullins earning the win. Saturday featured a huge all-around performance from Lexi Osowski. She collected five hits and her eight at-bats on the day with two doubles and four RBI. Wasn't she just on the podcast? She sure was. That's it's what called that podcast bump. Yep, that's what happens. Against Louisiana Tech, she provided the walk-off knock with the double to score Emily Moore in the seventh inning. She also reached and scored in the sixth inning as the guys mounted a furious rally in the rematch against the Jaguars that was ultimately foiled. Osowski was stranded as the tying run on second to end the game. For the weekend, Osowski hit 533 with three doubles, four runs, and two RBI in Mobile, while Emily Harkle Road batted 462 with two runs, three RBI, a stolen base, and an inning of relief work. The duo earned all tournament honors. Baseball kicked off their season with an opening day doubleheader. The Govs lost the front end 16-8. Freshman Reed Brown and Tyler Hubbard both homered. Skyler Luna drove in three runs in his Austin P debut, but not a great start for the Govs. On to game two. Things got better. Skyla Luna went yard to lead off the game, his first Austin P home run. Eastern Michigan's bounced back, take a 4-1 lead in the fifth before Juco transfer catcher Alex Hay hit a bomb to right field with a pretty pretty solid bat flip. Got a, 
Got to work on a little, a little more height, a little more distance next time, maybe. Um, well, you get in the cage, you work on the fundamentals. Right, really yeah. Things happen. If you're gonna, so. you got to get in there and work on the bat flips, Alex. Um, a few batters later, Gino Averos ran into one and went deep to left field. It took Gino till the OVC tournament to hit a homer last year, uh, wasting no time this season on a power streak. Uh, down two in the eighth, a TJ Foreman single scored Max Remy and Malcolm Tipler and gave the Govs a 7-6 to six lead, which was the final score. Sunday, a back-and-forth affair down one in the fifth. Ty Delancey tripled, a si- tripled to center, driving in two. Then Garrett Spain doubled down the line to drive into Lancey and give the Govs a 6-4 lead. But Eastern Michigan would tie it up again in the fifth. But in the bottom half of the inning, Bobby Head hit a go-ahead two-run opposite field home run to put the Govs up 8-6. to six. Austin P. poured it on late, winning 13-6. to six. And shout-out to Kyle Nunn. He threw four innings in relief, giving up just two, and he picked up his first Austin P. win. For the track and field standouts, last bit of work ahead of next week's OVC Indoor Championships were completed in Birmingham over the weekend. Kanisha Phillips won the 200-meter dash because she wins whatever she does, and Lennox Walker won the 60-meter hurdles. See previous reason. Walker, now more than a tenth of a second ahead of her closest competition among the OVC in the 60-meter hurdles. Both Carlin Schutten and the 4x400-meter relay team closed the gap to practically nil on their competition at the top of the league standings. As things stand now, Austin P would enter next week poised to put multiple competitors in points in the shot put, triple jump, pole vault, 60-meter hurdle, 60-meter dash, 200-meter dash, and 400-meter dash. I think the Cubs run well. They're fast. They are fast and good. Uh, the men's tennis team picked up their first win of the season. After dropping the doubles point, the Govs rattled off three of the first four sing- w- w- they rattled off wins in three of the first four singles matches, but Carson Newman was able to tie things up and make the match 3-3, three to three, and it came down to the number five singles match where Jacob Lorino picked up a decisive point to give the Govs their first win of the season. The women's team improved to 6-1, and one, also beating Carson Newman. The Govs won all three doubles matches to pick up the doubles point and then won the first six singles matches. Yana Leader improved to 8-0 since she got to Austin P. Danielle Morris went Danielle Morris improved to 7-1 this spring, and six of the Govs have winning streaks in singles play of at least three matches. Uh, in doubles play, Anna Albertson and Sarah Heckle stayed undefeated in the spring. They're 6-0 and now. On the links, just before we came in here, in fact, it's the reason that we waited as long as we did for this week to record this podcast, men's golf, valiant effort at the President's Day Match Play Championship, defeated Moorhead State and Eastern Kentucky on day one to earn a spot in the championship match against Belmont, the Govs, and Bruins. 3-3 three to three with Belmont winning on the tiebreakers, which is, as I understand it, the most wins among the th- three individual winning players as combined to make. So if Austin P had... 17 wins. I'm pulling a number out of thin air here. 17 wins, and Belmont had 14 wins among the individual competitors. Austin Peay would have won. That's not how it worked. That was a terrible explanation. Somebody that knows golf, help me. Oh, no, not you. Me to help? Not you. Not you. I think you, with the way you explained it yesterday, the tiebreaker comes down to uh, in match play, you win three and two. So you won by three strokes with two holes to play. So whoever went, whoever had the most wins. So, like, Say Belmont won their match, all three of their matches, three and two. They would be at nine, and Austin P won all of our matches, two and one. We would be at six, therefore Belmont wins. There, see, that's a much more concise explanation than me casting about for words. Anyway, that's what happened last week. 
we'll bring in Katie Etheridge now to talk about uh, all the bring important them out, things. Bring them out, bring them so out, forth. bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Bring them out, bring them out. Yeah. Yeah. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. hey. VIP coming live from the VIP. Heard the nightlife, lost life. What I need? Most feds in the state wanna see my knee. The whole city got pissed. Heard he got three. That other rapper got a hit, but shout it, he not out. Who set the city on fire? Soon as he got free, the king back now. Rawls don't even know how to act now. Hit the club, strippers getting naked for a sat down. Still balling, money stacked tall in the shack now. If you're a student athlete who's earned a degree from Austin P over the last few years, Katie Etheridge is at least part of the reason why. To be an academic is to be among the most selfless, tireless people working in the field with little thanks for what goes right and a whole lot of the blame for what goes wrong. Under Katie, very little has gone wrong in route to semester after semester after semester of 3.0 grades across the department, and we'll get to all that. But first, Katie is been confirmed by multiple sources as a low-key outstanding dancer. Mm. Mo- too many people told me this is something I needed to ask you about for me to just let it slide. So, uh, truth? Um, yeah, actually. I think I am a pretty good dancer. <laughs> um, I took dance from the time I was uh, two till about 14. Oh. Yes. Then, yeah, um, you ought to be pretty good. So, it was tap and ballet and jazz. And then, yeah, I think I look like I'm not that athletic or that I'm not that coordinated. And so, people are surprised when I actually can dance. And I like to appreciate choreography, so I like to learn the new dances if I can. So you're not just, like, stuck in 2006 in perpetuity. Like, you know what's current. Oh, yes. I look at the TikToks that are happening right now, and I learn those dances. I actually just tried to practice the Shakira, uh, the Super Bowl challenge that she did. (laughs) I wasn't hitting those moves, but, yes, that's what – I mean, I like to try to know what's going on, yeah. So when Combs told me to bring up Dance Dance Revolution – you slay people at that then well i think he's referring to one story in particular when at south carolina we did a finals fun day and we had the it was whatever the dance party i think it is it's on we or one of those games mm-hmm. to connect and we had it set up for students to do and i challenged students to do it and i would beat them yes <laughs> i feel like i'm really setting it hard, high now though and i'm like i don't want people to be like wait a well, minute now <laughs> I got to figure out, I'm going to talk to some of the people and see if we can't get that brought in for study day this year. Yes. So we can have you crush dreams. Yeah, that would be fun. Speaking of fun, <laughs> uh, you are a huge Georgia sports fan. Mm-hmm. So no kind of fun or happiness has actually been had there in a while, huh? No, it's been rough. Um, and I'm a University of Georgia because I went there, but I'm also, and every sport. Like, when I was there, we dominated gymnastics. So I get mad now that we're not dominating gymnastics. Tennis, golf, we've done all, we've won championships in all of these sports. So I think a lot of people say it, and they mean just football, basketball. No, but I'm everything. I'm everything. I want us to win all the championships. Um, unless I'm at the, the school that I'm at can win. That's great. But, yeah, so Georgia. and How benevolent of you. <laughs> yeah. And then, but Atlanta teams, too. Like the Falcons, the Hawks, the Braves. 28-3. Boy, her eyes flashed murder just then. Yes. Yeah, so I I was fortunate and unfortunate enough to be at both the Super Bowl when the Falcons choked and then at the national championship when Georgia choked. So 
it's been rough the last few years um and that's Atlanta, that's being an Atlanta and a Georgia fan like you get there we get close we have hopes and then we just can never finish it out so I'm used to it by now which one hurt worse in the moment 28-3 or the national championship game national championship game really just yeah. because of the alma mater yeah. connection yeah that's fair which yeah. 28-3 more of a wow boy this is uh you're really falling apart right before my very eyes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's the first three quarters. I was like, we're going to win the Super this Bowl. This is awesome. I'm right here to yeah. see this. And then it got, then I just hate Brady. I hate the Patriots. So it was just the worst way to lose, too. That's fair. I think most people are with you on yeah. that front. You worked with the PGA at one point, right? Mm-hmm. What'd you do there? So when I graduated from Georgia, I got an internship with the PGA Championship. We were called Swampers. Yeah, Swampers. I don't know where that came from, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> that that was the job title? <laughs> that was the job title. And there was about 20 of us who were either still in school or recently graduated, and we went up to uh, Cheska, Minnesota, and worked the uh, Hazeltine. And that's actually where they had the Ryder Cup a few years ago. But we worked the course. We got it ready for the championship. It's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes I never knew. What is a Swamper? <laughs> so... Basically, it's just getting the course ready and not the greens and the fairways, but all the other stuff. So putting down flowers and mulch and putting up pipe and draping and fencing and you, you're just working. You're painting, you're, you know, you're mulching. I mean, my hands were so dirty at the end of those two months because I had never really done manual labor. And so, I mean, it's just a lot. And they treated us well. Like they took us like out a lot and, you know, it was fun to be around, you know, most of the students there were from University of Minnesota um, in Wisconsin area, but it was, and then my friend and I from Georgia, <laughs> but it was just, I mean, it was a great experience, but, um, I realized then I didn't want to work event operations. Like that wasn't going to be my calling. So, <laughs> so slide right into academics. Yes. Do you have any fun Steve Spurrier stories from your time in South Carolina? <laughs> Not really, but I just, I mean, we, I worked with football for six years and he was the coach the whole time I was there. Um, and he, I didn't like him going into the job because obviously they Florida beat Georgia every year when he was there. And so I kind of was like, Oh, I can't stand Spurrier. Like this is going to be, what is this going to be like? And then I ended up really respecting the man a lot. And every week we met with him on Thursday mornings, went over the report and I just, he would always have stories back to Duke, back to Florida. Like, I don't know how he remembered all of like these plays that had happened. It was amazing. Um, and, he was he would go through the report pretty quickly and he'd just be like okay 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 um he'd spend five minutes on academics and 30 minutes listening to him tell stories yes but it was entertaining and so um but he does i'll be honest like he does things the right way he does want to make those you know the guys grow into men and i respect that and he held them accountable which i appreciated so um i love his wife like she was really good she'd always bring us cookies and treats and stuff so i really appreciated her as well (laughs) You have been a lot of places, like not, I mean, I guess you've been a few places work-wise, but mm-hmm. like you just go places. Mm-hmm. Where, what, ins- what kind of got you involved in being this world traveler you've become? 
Yeah, I just I just got an itch for it. My mom, uh, when we grew up, we didn't really travel a ton. We would go to our basic Louisiana, where my mom is from, to see her parents. I mean, to see her family, and then we would go to Florida or Tennessee. That was pretty much it. Growing Wait, up you were in coming Georgia. to Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, my dad likes the mountains, so we would go. Oh, to Gatlinburg okay, that yeah, stuff. Gatlinburg. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so that was pretty much it. And so my sister became a flight attendant for Delta, um, and then my senior year of high school, she took me out to San Antonio, and then she took me to San Francisco. And I just was like, I got to travel. This is amazing. <laughs> There's so much more <laughs> to this world than Georgia. And so, um, yeah, I started just kind of making it a mission to travel places. I started out a lot of places in the U.S. And then um, Ireland was my first international trip. And I started doing like pretty much an international trip a year. Um, one of my friends that I worked with at South Carolina moved to Singapore so I made it a mission to go see her. Well, then, if you know me, I don't, when I travel, I don't just do one thing. I'm like, well, if I'm in Asia, might as well see multiple places. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> Beijing's not that close, though, to Thailand. Um, but I did it anyway. And so, yeah, I visited four countries when we were over in Asia. And then I've been to about five in Europe. And, um, yeah, I just, Australia's next. It'll oh. be in the next year or two. Um, and I just, I love it. And I love, it kind of has been fun to also work with international students and be able to talk to them about, you know, what is their culture like? What do they experience? And I've never been to a place I didn't like. I think there's something to appreciate about, it, appreciate about any place you go. So I'm trying to get all 50 states. That's a bucket list. And then um, I have a, about 10 more places worldwide that I want to make sure that I get to. How many states are you missing? About 13. Oh, really? Yeah. Combs told me one, and it was South Dakota. No, no, no. That's my sister. Oh. <laughs> She's missing one, and I tried to go with her. to. We tried to do the Dakotas this summer, and then, I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous because people are like, well, what is there to do? But I just think it's fun to see each state, so. I've been to South Dakota. I liked it. You liked it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it not because there were a ton of things to do, but yeah. it was just it Scenery very is yeah, very nice. Very pretty. That's what I've heard. Uh, what are some of the other places worldwide? Um, I want to get to Egypt, um, as I mentioned, Australia and New Zealand. Um, I'd like to do a Mediterranean cruise and kind of hit Croatia and Greece and stuff. And then a Scandinavian cruise and kind of hit all the Norwegian places and stuff like that. And so those, it's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of all over the place. And it does change. I didn't really plan to go to Asia when I did. And then my friend had just reached out and I was like, yeah, let's do it. When you go, is it like sightseeing sort of stuff or are you trying to immerse yourself as much as you can into the culture or both it's pretty touristy <laughs> i want to see all the things i've heard about <laughs> that's fair so yeah. i really like to see the famous things you're only there once how and i'm paraphrasing mm -hmm. do you keep all these people not only eligible but really doing well in school um i think it the key, I mean, we, we get asked this a lot in our field, and I feel like the key is the relationships you build with students. Um, you almost create this relationship where they don't want to let you down. Um, it starts with a good schedule, make sure it's balanced for them and that they're in the right majors that they can be successful in. And so sometimes they think it's on, there's only one way to get to their end goal, and it's important for us to talk to them about all their options and kind of figure out what it really is. And they may have been being told by a former coach or a former or a parent and just being said you've got to go this route and there's other ways to kind of get there so starting out with that and then getting to know them what motivates them what's their purpose for being here and then like really just kind of holding them accountable to that but then being there to support them and show them that they can do all of this 
How have academics transitioned into being more about the support and the welfare and development and not just about go out there and make A's and B's? Yeah, I think that in the last 10 years, that's really what's changed in our in our field is just making sure that we're because I think in the beginning it was like, yeah, let's keep them eligible and get them the degree. But now it's like, what have we really done for our students if we're not preparing them for life after college? So it becomes more of a holistic approach with them and making sure that they they know what the next step is. And there's not this loss of identity and this transition period where they don't know what to do next. And so all the student development programming that we've implemented and you still have to just I, I think we're mindful and intentional with it but we also have to be aware that they are balancing about four other things and so I think it's just kind of coming up with the right approach to manage it all for them. The academic center has undergone a transformation in terms of you know just adding more and better and computers and everything else. Is it we're going to see in the future more things like that more development more support and welfare places over there where it's not just hey come in here and get your homework done yeah I hope so um, I think we need to have I think one area that's really grown is the learning specialist role and that's someone who can really help with skill sets and building skill sets for student athletes coming in a little bit underprepared um, I think that's something that we've been lacking is having that support for our students who are coming in in that capacity so I think that area to grow tutoring I think we can always have a little bit more tutoring for our student athletes um, for anybody <laughs> and then um, yeah I, I'm really happy with what we've done over there but I think even making it a little bit more um, aesthetically pleasing to everyone is what we're always trying to kind of do so it's not a punishment when they come in <laughs> why did you become an academic advisor I really just like the way you can build these relationships with students um, I knew I wanted to work in sports as I mentioned I did a couple internships but it was on the marketing and event management side and I did not want to do those things and then um, when I found out about this posi these positions, because I wasn't a student athlete, I didn't know they existed. Um, and then my mom had been a teacher for forever, and so I always kind of placed an emphasis on education. So putting the two together, it really was just kind of, you know, my goal. And I think that it's been a good fit for me um, because I do understand both sides of it. What's or is there a step-by-step -step way to become an academic advisor if you so choose? Well, I think it's it's more competitive. We do have high burnout in our field, but it is pretty competitive as well. So I think I went and got, I had a grad assistantship and then an internship and then I got a full-time position. And I feel like that's kind of what most people are having to do these days. So you usually get the role in, grad, in your grad assistantship. You're doing kind of the step-by-step -step of it. And then you got to build your network. Again, it's about all who you know. So what would you tell anybody thinking about becoming an academic advisor? Um, I would say it's not as glamorous as they think it is. <laughs> Who thinks it's glamorous? You'd be shocked. I think a lot of people think that they see the relationships and they, like, even one day on campus, I was doing a tour for some people and all the student athletes would see me and they'd be like, hey, Miss Katie. And they thought that was just the best thing ever. And I'm like, okay, but you don't see me fighting with them to get work done <laughs> the night before. And so, or arguing with them about attendance or whatever it is. And so I think that it's, it's rewarding because you really do get to make an impact on people's lives, but it's also challenging more than they think it is. What is your favorite word? Um, I would say happy. I have it in my office as a little wooden board, and I just think it makes, makes me happy to see it. Kind of a reminder? Yes, to be happy. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Uh, I don't know that there's a word... 
I don't like excuses or complaining, and I feel like I get that all day long. And so I, oh, oh, anything that encompasses those two things. In your position, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Who or what inspires you? Um, my great uncle. He's 95 years old. He's been very close to our family um, my entire life. He was a prisoner of war during World War II. Um, and he just inspires me every day because he became, he came back, he became a teacher. He's made such an impact on people's lives. He, um, he traveled, he lived in Paris in the summers and stuff. And so I just have always looked up to him. And I, even today he'll have like his students come back and throw him like birthday parties and stuff. And I'm just like the impact he makes on every single person he meets is just so inspiring to me. Wow, I cannot imagine how much I'd had to like a teacher to go back and throw him a birthday right, party. Right, right. And these are people who are older than me, and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> What's the last book you read for fun? Um, Careful, students listen to this. I know. I don't even know the last <laughs> book I read for fun. I mean, I had our staff read the John Gordon Power of Positive Team. Um, I like his books because I think that they are they do stress positivity, so... I guess I forced them to do that, but I, I chose you, it. <laughs> you forced them to read for fun and pleasure. Yeah. What is your worst habit? Uh, that I eat out all the time. I don't ever cook. Um, you don't think that's a bad habit? I'm, I mean, I, if I wasn't married, I don't <laughs> eat. And I don't know how to cook for the most part. I can make a mean sandwich. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody always judges me on the, the amount that I eat out, but... I've just always done it, so. <laughs> what app on your phone gets the most use? Twitter. What is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Uh, I think, okay, when I was coming from college one time, going home, it was about a two-hour commute between the two, I was on a two-lane road in Georgia, and I hit a patch of water, and I hydroplaned, and I spun two times in the road across the other lane, and then into the ditch two times, and that is probably the scariest moment that I can think of, of having, and this guy had to, like, and at the time, <laughs> it probably was not appropriate, but this guy stopped and, like, helped me get the car out of the ditch, because I didn't know, like, what to do. I was shaking so badly. Wow. That's, I wouldn't have expected just a rando to stop and pull a car yes, out of a ditch. I know. That was really People nice. were a little bit nicer back then, so. <laughs> that's, well, that's a whole different discussion, I guess. <laughs> what is your idea of happiness? Um, I think just being with people that I enjoy being with. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different things. I think in our on our staff, we have a good time. We have a lot of fun. And I think when we're sitting around joking and laughing at memes or something, that's happiness. I think when I'm traveling with my family and my friends, that makes me happy. Um, when I see students graduate, that makes me happy. So there's a lot of different things. What's your idea of misery? Study hall. <laughs> and I can tell you, my students think they hate it. I've been doing it for 16 years. I hate it. Oh, yeah, I can see that being a lot worse when it's, you know, they do it for four or five years and then they leave. Yes. For you, it's never ending. Exactly. What makes you self-conscious? Um, probably public speaking. Um, I'm trying to do better at that. <laughs> Clearly. And so, yeah. Um, but it's it's still tough for me, I think, when I have to get in front of people. And it's easier when you're talking about things you like or that you know well. But, yeah, that's probably it. What's the most embarrassing song you love? 
uh, Come On Ride That Train is probably one of my favorite songs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I listen to all types of music, and I don't get embarrassed by it, but I'm sure it's embarrassing to people. How would you prefer to die? Um, I don't really love to think about that, but I mean, peacefully, I would say like in my sleep. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? A dog of like somebody who really takes good care of dogs. So like an Oprah, you know, like her dog. I think that would be good. (laughs) What might prompt you to lie? If I'm trying to get to the truth of something. <laughs> so Well, that seems like a real backwards way to go about doesn't it. Doesn't it? But it works because sometimes if, like, I don't want to give away all my secrets, but if a student tells me something about their teammate, um, I'll say that I heard it from, like, a teacher. Or, like, I'll just be like, oh, your teacher called me today and said you didn't go to class. And then I can get to the truth of it. Oh. Yeah. I, I guess <laughs> I don't really want to expose any trade secrets right. here. <laughs> what makes you hopeful? Um... I think just seeing people do good things. I follow a lot of accounts on social media where they're showing like the positive in people and the good in people because there is a lot of that and I don't think it's shown a lot. And so seeing those things, I think, is what makes me hopeful. What is our purpose in life? Gosh, cold me deep. Um, I think to make an impact on people. I think to make a positive impact on people. And that's what I try to do each day. Regardless of who the next guest is, what is one question that you would ask them? Oh, that's good. (laughs) Um, If you could have lunch with any celebrity, who would it be? Who would yours be? Um, uh, Kate Middleton. Is that her name? Kate Middleton, right? The princess. Yeah. Yes, that's who it would be. Wait, she's not the one that quit being the princess, right? No, that's Meghan Markle. Sorry. Yes. Not not as up to date (laughs) on the royal family as I probably ought to be. Yes. I'm a little too into it. I don't know. Really? Yeah. What got you into that? Are you a big fan of The Crown? Yes, I do like The Crown. I haven't watched all of it, but I have watched some. Ever since Princess Diana, they had the wedding. I was, like, watching it as, like, a six-year-old. So, I just have always liked it. Those weddings are long. Very long. Well, if that's your idea of a wedding, you're going to be pretty no, difficult. No, to, no. Um, <laughs> so what is, what are your goals? You know, I always ask our student athletes, like, what do you want out of this? And they're like, I want to get a degree and then I want to go get a lot of money. And right. like, I feel like you probably have more well-defined goals. Oh, I really don't. Um, I'm actually kind of at the first time in my life at a spot where it's like, I always knew the next step. And I don't know exactly what the next step looks like anymore. So I've appreciated being here and getting more responsibility. And those are the things that I wanted to do. Um, I'd like to move away from the day-to-day study hall grind, to be completely frank with you. Um, And so taking on more. But I I just want to, I feel like I've made a a strong impact on students day-to-day. But I'd like, one of my previous, like, bosses had told me that, it was hard to move out of working with students day to day, but then he realized by impacting the staff that he was impacting even more students. And so I feel like that's kind of where I'm at is I don't want to be able to oversee even more people so that then I can make a larger impact. Well, that would be awesome because the impact you make right now is uh, pretty substantial from the looks of things. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Katie, thank you so much for coming today and giving me some time and providing all of your insights. <laughs> Too large and we way too fresh. Work well when...
Then quick to check a lane like a game of chess You wanna be better bring your best Cause we be standing in your front yard yelling Bring them out, bring them out All the hot girls yelling Bring them out, bring them out All the dope boys yelling Bring them out, bring them out Put the back gate yelling Bring them out, bring them out All the front yard yelling Bring them out, bring them out All the hot girls yelling Bring them out, bring them out All the dope boys yelling Bring them out, bring them out Put the back gate yelling Bring them out, bring them out Huge thanks to Katie Etheridge for coming in. Love being able to talk to our academic advisor people. Uh, I believe we're up to three of the five people in that office now because we talked to Combs and Neil last year. So uh, just going to need somebody to pick Haley and Riley. Riley. Just, you know, dropping that out there. Hint, hint, future podcast guesty people. Men's basketball. The last full road weekend awaits the Govs in Illinois, where Austin P will square off against SIUE Thursday night and EIU Saturday afternoon. Cannot afford to overlook either of these teams, especially on the road, and especially with so much at stake over the final couple of weeks of the season. SIUE is an obvious underdog. But they took down EKU two weeks ago and EIU in Charleston last week. Brown Barone is rounding the Cougars into form at this late stage in the season. As for the EIU game, I hate going to EIU and needing a win because we have never played a blowout there. The Panthers are always competitive. They shoot the cover off the ball in that facility. And there's something about the place that makes teams have trouble. EIU has not lost by double digits at home in over 13 months and had their backs to the wall after dropping their last two to SIUE and UT Martin. The women are going to make the same road trip this weekend. Uh, last time against SIUE, it was a 74-61 win for the Governors. Since then, and well, starting before then, the Cougars have lost 12 straight. They've struggled to score all season, averaging just 56.9 points per game. And in conference play, they've only averaged 55 a game. It's in another 11 a.m. school day special. The Govs need to take care of business once again in that one. Yay! Yes, 11, 11 a.m. basketball, just the best. Uh Saturday, the Govs are going to play EIU again. It didn't go great against the Panthers last time as the Govs lost 76-47 in just one of the worst games they've played all season. But it's going to be a tough one in Charleston, so the Governors need to bounce back against the Panthers, who rank second in the league in three-point shooting and or three-point percentage and fourth in three-pointers made. Clarksville native Carly Pace leads the Panthers, averaging 15.7 points per game. It's got the makings of a shootout in this one if the Govs can just get shots to fall, unlike the last time we matched up with EIU. Well... I think after that last one, there was a very general sense of, well, okay, got that out of our system. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't, like, I don't think you can shoot that badly again. So, this this is going to go better by default, almost. It, it almost has to. Cassie Stanfield softball guys are down in Athens for the 17th annual Georgia Classic this weekend, a testament to how high this team has risen. Five games in three days, two each against Central Michigan and James Madison, before the noon Sunday capper against the host Bulldogs. Through six games, four Govs are batting above 300, led by Lexi Osowski at 450. Brooke Pfefferly has been hit by a pitch four times, which put, which puts her on pace for a lot of times being hit by a pitch. If you prorate that out through the course of the year, if you're doing it basically it's advanced twi- analytics. twice every three games, it's a bunch. In the circle, Shelby Harpy's 3.82 ERA leads the way, as do her two complete games and 13 strikeouts. Hey, wasn't Lexi Ozowski just on a podcast, too? She might have been. Huh. Wow. I yeah. wonder. Mm. I wonder what happened there. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's quiet. The baseball team's going to play four games this weekend as a part of the SAF Dirt Classic. They're going to play all four games at Raymond C. Ham Park, and they will host Missouri State, Sanford, Bradley, and Evansville. 
Thursday against Missouri State, we will honor former Govs baseball standout Craig Missoni. Craig was a volunteer assistant for Missouri State before taking a minor league job with the Indians. He's also fighting a bout of cancer, and you, if you want to read more about Craig, just throw his name at Google on uh, throw his name at Google, and you can read all about Craig and his battle. He's a cool dude, so everybody come out and support him. Uh, it's going to be a big weekend, though, and it's going to be all hands on deck for a four-game series. Quite literally for the pitching staff, it's going to take just about everybody to get through four in four days. And then on Sunday, we're going to we're gonna host Evansville, and we're going to welcome back another couple of Govs. A.J. Gar and Kierce Kimball going to be in the house if you want to come back and see those guys. So what you're saying here is that if you'd like a job in baseball after college baseball, ends for you as a player, maybe come to Austin P and all of a sudden you'll be uh, – be looking pretty good as a coach to both the pros and the collegiate level. Is that yeah, what you're lot, saying? a lot of govs, a lot of former govs coaching in this tournament this weekend. It's gonna be gonna be good to see those guys. Except for not us, we'll be in Illinois. I don't have anything else to say. Oh. Tennis is your thing. Oh yeah, tennis is next, huh? The men are gonna play Cumberland. Well, they're playing Cumberland as we record this podcast, and then they're gonna play North Alabama on Saturday. Um, the women's team is going to play three in a row this weekend, Friday at Louisville. Then they host North Alabama and Middle Tennessee on Saturday and Sunday. The Govs winning streak is at seven. Another trio of wins will put them in double digits for the second straight season. Everybody get in touch with Haley Meyer for your community service opportunities. She has Mana Cafe and First Christian Church on the docket every week, plus all the AP Govs Cup points you could ever want with our home events, of which there are myriad this week. Nope, you were about to you were about to talk, and you shouldn't. Are you going to talk? I was sure planning to. Go for it, buddy. All right. Casey? Now you can talk. Okay. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Let's Go P, or you can follow on our official Facebook account called Austin P. Governors. Shout out to our friends Eric and Robin and Digital Media for all the digital media things they provide us. Let's Go P. com for dates, news, stories, Shout out to Casey, Cody Bush, and myself. I guess I'll shout myself out. I don't ever do that. That's a good... That's a good uh, shout out to you, buddy. Shout out to me, pal. Um, anyway, what do we do? Oh, yeah, we write stuff and stat stuff, and we kind of jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Uh, yeah. Feels good. Feels yeah. feels good. You want to come watch the Gals play? There's a whole lot of baseball and some season-ending hoops thrown in there, including tickets for the Murray State game at Murray State and OVC tournament tickets plan on a long stay in Evansville you're going to need tickets for all that though so go see our ticket gurus Katie Locke and her assistant John D. Rockefeller they have all the information you can use to get in the game find us on iTunes SoundCloud Stitcher Spotify or directly on the website at letscop.com slash podcast give us a rating review on the podcast five stars five stars and if you'd like to suggest a guest let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out learn to whittle Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Yeah.